Hey everybody, Jess Intuitive Angel Healer here with your Grounded. I have the beautiful Chrissy Regan here. Hello, Chrissy. Hi, Jess. How are you? I am great. And um, she is here from Queensland, Australia. Mm -hmm. And she is the wellness poet and also uh, the founder of Mindful Mums QLD and uh, she is also the author of Broken to Unbreakable. And um, welcome. Thank you so Thank much you. for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're so excited to have you. I am excited to have an author here. I'm a kid in a candy store um, because I, um, well, I'm a writer myself. I've always had the knack to write. And um, so I got to read your book, Broken to Unbreakable, and it really touched me. It was a very inspiring book, um, but very, um, very much of my own soul. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to you. And thank you so much for for joining us today. I'm very humbled you're here. Oh, you've made me feel emotional. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> this is beautiful. Um, so I'm Chrissy Regan. Um, who am I? So, well, I'm a slash person. I am an author, a poet. I'm a project manager. I'm a mum. I'm founder of Mindful Mums Queensland, which supports other mums with um, mindfulness-based skills, activities, and support. And really, um, yeah, so I'm a, I wear a lot of hats for a lot of different people, but I'm at that point in my life where I'm almost 45, and nice. I'm comfortable with all the hats that I've chosen to fit my head at this point in my life. So, yes. That's fun. Well, you know that, you know, as a woman, that's the hardest thing is we never just get to be one thing. We're always a whole bunch of different things. So um, yeah. that's amazing. Now, uh, let's get a little bit into, um, so you're a, a writer. Um, yes. How long have you been a writer for? Well, that's an interesting question because um, you've, you've read the book, obviously, and you know, I talk about that in the book. So um, I've always wanted to be a writer and I enjoyed creative writing. And in my twenties, I decided I wanted to start writing chick lit. Um, you know, I fancied myself as the next Carrie Bradshaw, but um, um, I have two um, half written chick lit novels on my laptop. But I think that um, chiclet genre at the moment isn't where I'm at in my life. And a year ago, I decided that I couldn't call myself a writer if I'd never written a book. And um, the book that I most wanted to write was a self-help health and well-being book to share my story. And, you know, to, to you know, this is the book that you have read. Yes. And um, it's basically a transformational journey that informs, inspires, and connects. And my overriding um, um, feeling is to share my story to help and support other people, but also to provide this life-changing 12-step plan, which I think that people can embrace as part of their life, which will make them feel unbreakable. So, and that was the book that was inside of me. And um, I read Eckhart Tolle's books a few times and one thing that he said to Oprah which resonated with me that the book was inside of him he just needed to sit down and do it and I knew that this book was inside of me and I just had to create space to allow it to flow out 
And when creating space and accepting the fact that I wanted to be a writer and calling myself a writer, I went along to events and I introduced myself as a writer before I'd even published the book because nice. I needed to step into my space as a writer. And I had been writing poetry and publishing poetry, but I really felt that the book was behind the poetry. So now I have the book, which is the 12 steps, and every step is accompanied by, um, by a poem that I've written. And obviously these poems are to inspire the reader on their journey to kind of transformation as well. So hopefully at the end of this time, I will share a poem with your, with your people. Yes, I would love that. That would be amazing. Um, yes, and that's why I like the book so much because, you know, um, that's the biggest problem that a lot of women have. And we're going to actually dive into that is nobody wants to be sad. Nobody wants to be overwhelmed. Everybody wants to be somebody. People want to be writers and authors, but nobody knows how to get there. And that's what I really love is and that's what I really try to do with my work is to show you how to get there and not, but not hold your hand and enable you, but to actually, you know, help you get there and give you a hand up. So, um, I, I really like, I, that's what I like about your, your book's not soft. And I like that because I'm not a soft person. And, um, when it comes to being stubborn. When I'm stubborn, I need that strong uh, mom hand to come down and say no. And I need all my girl besties to come in there and they don't, if you uh, tell me it's okay, sweetie, and you get, yeah, that'll just lead down the road to uh, me never getting anything done. But if you come in there and you're like, look, you better get it together. You better, you know, uh, I love you, but we can't do this today. And I'm like, right. And you know, I, I love it. So I love your, I love your whole, uh, how that's why I wanted you to be on this show on, on my series, because I, I feel like you embody what an empowered woman is. You're soft and you're loving and you're kind and you're caring, but you put up your boundaries and you keep going and you don't give up. And I think that's amazing. <laughs> Oh, thank you. That's awesome. It's funny because we have an expression in our family, which is tell it like it is Tuesday. <laughs> so, you know, when you're having a tough day, you need some telling it like it is Tuesday. So you maybe reserve one day of the week for telling it like it is. And the rest of the time you can stroke their ego and tell them everything's going to be fine. But um, tough love is sometimes important, but tough love for ourselves as well, you know, not just for others. So I think tough love and telling it like it is and being real with yourself with your difficult questions is the best way to transform your life. So yes, that I'm glad is, you got that message. That is so, so true. So, all right. So I'm going to get into these questions with you. Um, so, okay. The first question I want to ask you is when you close your eyes and you imagine an empowered woman, what is the description that comes to your mind? That's a brilliant question, you know, because I had that same question in my mind when I was thinking about the cover of my book. How do I convey that st strength with gentleness, with light, with power, with, you know, freedom? And that's what I think of an empowered woman, you know, empowered woman. It's strong, but soft. It's light, but um, you know, capable and strong. And so, you know, in choosing that image for my book, that's kind of where I got to because I wanted 
people to look at the book and go, you know, there's a woman who's looking out into her future and she knows where she's going. And it's not to say that we won't have doubts and challenges come up, but actually we know, you know, who we are inside, what our soul is telling us, and we can kind of walk that path without judgment and without judging ourselves and without judging others. And when you walk your own path without judgment, then you're fully empowered, in my opinion. That is very, very true. Now, I have a question. Do you have any um, special superheroes out there in Australia? Because the last lady was from Germany and shared with me, um, you know, because we in America, you know, or a lot of people think of like Wonder Woman. And I just wondered if you had any um, characters out there in your culture, you know, in Australia that you guys uh, look at. Well, it is interesting because in Australia, the mindset is that we support the underdog. The underdog is generally the weaker um, person in the party. And it's that David and Goliath moment and David triumphs. And so I think a lot about that, you know, um, who is the underdog? And they're the ones that need lifting up because in lifting up others, you lift up yourself. And so when I really think about the, you know, in our culture here, it's about supporting the underdog as opposed to this superhero that we can aspire to be. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. I just, I, I was curious of that because she, uh, she, she was telling me about the German um, fairy tale, uh, I forgot the name, Lancelot or someone, but it was, I was just curious about that. So that's, that's pretty awesome though. That's an, a fun little fact I did not know. <laughs> so, all right. So um, tell us a little bit about your own personal path of empowerment. Um, what did you find most significant, most challenging, and most rewarding? Yes, that's um, a difficult question to answer once in a short sentence, but uh, there's one line in my book, which is, I realized my body was broken and sore because my insides were broken and sore. And, and that actually was the hardest moment for me when I realized everything I was feeling on the outside was accumulation of years of crap that was <laughs> on the inside and I needed to sort it out. No one else was going to sort it out for me. So in choosing to prioritize and take accountability for my health and well-being, I needed to sort out all of the insides in order to feel good on the outside. And, and, and I knew that that was going to be a painful process and I'd have to do some hard work. But in making the decision to get healthy, I allowed myself to give myself the time to get healthy by sorting out those insides and those outsides. And, you know, I think that um, that's also really empowering because in true empowerment comes when you take accountability for all aspects of your life and, and choosing, you know, my health as above all else. It doesn't mean I'm selfish. It means I can show up for myself properly and therefore I can be around for my girls, which is what I wanted to do. And that's the, that's the hardest thing that a lot, of, uh, a lot of women don't understand is that you're not selfish and you're more selfish for not taking care of your inner issues. And especially if you have girls, handing them down to your girls because I have a nine-year-old daughter and that's really probably like I've been on a spiritual awakening halfway in and out my whole life. But I think my daughter was the reason that I said, whoa, 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 I can't, I can't teach her all this stuff. Like no way. And I, and that's literally what made me continue because nobody wants to face those demons. It is the hardest thing in the world I'd rather have all my teeth pulled than um than face some of my fears. 
I'm just saying, uh, because a lot of coaches make it so easy, like everything's so easy out here. No, this is a lot of dedication. Um, having this is like even harder than going on a diet because this is a lifestyle change. You are changing um, back, and it's funny because we change back to the person that we were born to be but somehow along the way we let everyone implement their own ideas into what we were supposed to be for them and that's how we get so um gummed up on the way and then and then at some point we stop and we and then we have to shake all that baggage off that everybody deposited on us and find ourselves again so kudos that you did it because I've done it I'm still doing it. I do it every day and it's hard. And I think that's amazing. And I think that almost is the most rewarding part, but what do you, what would you say is the most rewarding, um, of your journey of your spiritual journey that you went on to get to where you are now? I think knowing that I'm enough as I am and, you know, allowing myself to know what joy is like, I didn't have joy in my life and I didn't know what joy was. And I couldn't understand why everyone was talking about this golden ticket of joy. <laughs> and it was like a new self-help buzzword and I just couldn't get it. And I think I had been in a self-help void for a very long time. My personal development was focused on professional stuff, not focused on personal stuff. And once I decided to focus more of my time and energy on the personal side of personal development, then like I was able to start to see and unlock some of these hidden things in myself. But, you know, at, a, at the age of almost 45 and the, all the transformational work that I've done for myself, I now feel more than 10 years younger. I and I want, to, I want to be energetic. I want to be healthy. I want to be able to work until I'm 80. I want to be zooming around the world doing fun stuff in my 80s and 90s. I do not want to be in a bed in a hospital. I do not want to be immobile. I do not want to be, you know, suffer from illnesses that are caused by you know, poor choices. And so I really, um, that's kind of the transformational side of it for me. That is, that is so true. And I think that's where a lot of, um, that's where a lot of my spiritual, you know, of my wanting to change my habits because I don't, um, I, you know, I have a background in the medical field and I don't want to be sick like my patients coming in at 60, um, halfway in their grave. Like, um, no, thank you. I, I woke up one day and I was like, no, thank you. So, um, I think that's, you know, that's, where a lot of it comes through. So that's awesome that you decided to now, now that you did decide, you went through all this, how are you um, able to support the women and your community and, and help, um, help them to um, have empowered lives? I know the, the founder of the, you're the Mindful Mums QLD. Yep. I know that's part of a way that you empower the women in your community. Mm -hmm. So I've written a mindfulness program for women, which is uh, my own program, but it draws inspiration from lots of different sources and teachings that I have found most useful to make myself more empowered and to kind of overcome the narrative in our head, which dictates a lot of how we live our lives. So, you know, the women that inspire me the most are the everyday working mums that are out there, you know, pushing themselves to provide for their families and um, taking care of our children and helping others, you know, and those are the women that inspire me to want to be able to help and support them as much as I can. So, you know, I really try to do that. And um, with, you know, Mindful Mums Queensland, but then, you know, also with this 
with this book. I'm hoping that it um, helps other women to unlock, you know, their potential and to go back to, you know, what you were saying as well, to go back to where it was you were actually meant to be and what it was that you are meant to be. So a few different ways that I try to use my skills and experience to help others. Nice. Now, um, with that, um, how, uh, what would be um, some advice or suggestions that you give women um, that are walking the path of empowerment or most importantly, trying to get on the path of empowerment? Um, uh, yeah, it's a good question. Unpack your stuff. <laughs> like you talked about the backpack, you know, I've, I love that movie with um, George Clooney when he's flying around the world. He would just be hating this yeah. time at the moment. Um, but, you know, Michael Bingham has a heavy backpack. And for me, once you unpack your stuff, then you really can start to, you know, look at your life with more of a um, more loving eyes and with more perspective, really. So unpack your emotional stuff, your mental stuff, your trauma and your physical stuff. And once you've unpacked that stuff, then you can decide what you want to do with it. And that's really why step two is in the in the book is so important because it gives you the freedom and the opportunity to look at all that stuff and decide, you know, do you want to store it? Do you want to shred it? Or do you want to just um, let it go, you know, and all these um, as aspects and learn from it and grow. So, you know, that's really what um, step two is all about in the book. Exactly. And, um, and, and that's a, that's the hardest thing is that we have a hard time unpacking. And if we do unpack, we unpack on our mate. And I know there's a lot of us that are guilty um, because we don't end up having a lot of friends. And then our poor man ends up getting all of the, stop doing that ladies. <laughs> don't, don't unpack it on your man. And, and, and another thing I've really noticed is self projection. And I'm guilty of this of myself. And I, um, but I noticed that we self project a lot of our stuff instead of unpacking it. We just keep self projecting and self and blaming, blaming everyone except the person that, you know, needs to be blamed. <laughs> so I, I love it though. Cause I'm a very honest, that's what um, most of my clients love me is I'm an honest uh, coach because just cause I'm on the side of coaching, I did a lot of walking to get to this side. And so did you. And that's what I love that your book, um, that you shared that vulnerable side. Cause when you're in it, it's hard to talk about, you know, and it's, it's funny now we can all giggle, but when we're actually going through it and experiencing it, you know, it's not as uh, easy. And that's what a lot of, that's what this whole series is created for is for women out there who need to get empowered, who need to stop letting everyone, you know, put their thumb down and uh, hold, hold them back and keep um, self-projecting everything. Take ownership and unpack it and feel free. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And I love your summation of that. That's really good. Projecting, I think, is something that we are often guilty of. So, Yes, and um, but it's okay. I always tell people, you know, if you, I, if I am guilty of it, I, I learn from it and I move on. And I'm learning not to be so critical because in society we're taught to be so critical, and even our parents teach us to be so critical of ourselves if we make a mistake. Mm -hmm. If we stop doing that, we would, we would may flow a little bit easier <laughs> down the river well, of life. So, absolutely. Um, now. 
what is your daily self-care regimen as um, a professional? Because, you know, you're a writer, you're a mom, you deal with a lot of clients that have a lot of emotional baggage. What does your day look like as um, for, uh, for self-care so you don't get burnout? Yeah. And why is it so important? Well, I created this little, um, what is a wellness mindset? And in knowing what is a wellness mindset and asking yourself these important questions, I can send you this after, you really then can prioritize what are your needs for the week and what are your needs for the day. Because as women and as professionals, our needs do change every day. So you can write a training plan <laughs> that is obsolete in a few weeks' time given circumstances. So it's about asking yourself the right questions. And now for me, prioritizing sleep is something that we have all forgotten in life and yes. we need to do that. Um, you know, exercising daily is important for me and that's, you know, a huge pillar in my life now. My nutrition is important. So I think about how I'm going to nourish my body, not what I'm going to stuff my face with. And by having that, what am I going to nourish my body with mindset that allows me to make the right decisions and to also really appreciate more the food that I'm having. Stretching, you know, stretching is such a simple thing. We just don't do it. <laughs> and we don't need to um, all be yogis. It's not about becoming a yogi or, you know, being a yoga instructor. It's just about knowing that our body needs to be uh, stretched to release kind of tension um, to help the muscles and joints and cells repair and, and sending blood and oxygen to our extremities. And like once you start to do that on a consistent basis, you really feel a transformation in your health. And then I guess meditating as well, which since I've embraced meditation in my life, when I'm having a challenging moment or a tough day or I've got to make decisions, I know that I can go to that space, that mat, and I can meditate it out basically, you know? And, so, and that is so true because a lot of um, and it that's the biggest thing I try to teach my clients is if you want to start seeing results in your life, you got to implement a schedule. Now it does change every day, but you got to have some kind of loose schedule, even if you don't want a tight, tight schedule. You got to have some kind of pattern of things that you do. And my biggest thing is to teach people not to have any kind of contact with anybody. 30 minutes when they first wake up because until you put all your protective armor on you are just vulnerable to the world so why would you feed yourself poison first thing in the morning because that's what you do when you and and we're so used to turning on the news and just listening to our news and I've learned no I don't I want to hear about all that after my coffee <laughs> i need to have me and my higher self and my yeah. spirit team the first 30 yeah. minutes of the day and after that the world's your i'm all yours but after um first 30 minutes i belong to spirit so <laughs> yeah it's true and i before i open my eyes on the pillow in the morning i think of what i'm grateful for so at the moment, the bird life here is phenomenal and um, because there's no planes and there's less traffic and whatever. So, you know, having my head on the pillow with the eyes closed and hearing the birds singing outside my bedroom window, I can be grateful for that. That is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. starting each moment, each morning with the first thing you're grateful for before you open your eyes then sets you up for the whole day to look and to notice and to see things to be grateful for. So that's kind of my spirit moment in the morning. Nice. That is very powerful one. 
Um, okay, now I have a question about men in your life, because, you know, obviously that your book was uh, about, uh, you know, a man in your life and, you know, about a lot of experiences from different men in your life. So what is a good or a bad um, man in your life that the experiences have, have brought you to where you are to empower you? Because men, even with the worst relationships we can be empowered um mm. with that so what is that experience for you well i had um i grew up on a farm and i didn't have lots of little girls to play with so all of my growing up stuff was doing boy things you know i had two older brothers and i had a dad and we lived on a farm so i was very much you know kind of that tomboy person you know i didn't get to go to dance lessons and do stuff that other little girls did um so i grew up with that strong kind of worth work ethic but i also probably grew up with more of a male mindset you know i saw things through men's eyes as opposed to through females eyes and i, I think that vulnerable side of myself as a woman probably never really developed in my formative years and i've really recognized that more so now um my father was is still a very tough person and um you know, I think about what I have learned and what I have forgiven him for. And I've, you know, I've learned resilience and independence and to stand up for myself. And as a result, throughout my life, my relationships with men have probably been more um, easy for me to understand and reconcile versus when I'm challenged with a difficult female personality, I don't quite know how to deal with it. So, you know, um, I've always had very good relationships with my male bosses, for instance, because I feel as though I'm their equal. They're not mm -hmm. bigger than me. And I often count, you know, the male bosses that I have had and still have as friends because I work with them on an equal playing field. Yeah. So obviously the challenges that my father has presented in my life has then given me other skills. And so, you know, being able to look at that and think, okay, well, what has that learned? What has that taught me has been a valuable lesson for myself. But, you know, two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to have that revelation, you know, or even the reconciliation about it. My father loves reading and he's very big on books. And when I told him I wanted to write a book, he was actually very supportive and very excited for me. Hmm. So that's almost like something that we can share going forward is that he um, positively wanted to contribute to the outcome of this book. So that's nice. Well, that's awesome, though, because, you know, I had a strong male figure. My dad was an alcoholic. He passed away when he was 44. He smoked four packs of cigarettes a day. He was a special man, but you know what? Um, no matter the gruffness, no matter the craziness that came out of that man, like that man made me who I am. And I have a lot of the same things. I am able to um, understand men a lot better. <laughs> I think I have more of a... Um, you know, I don't have as much of the feminine element in me as what the energy is more masculine sometimes. But I also know that that man helped me and I would never, you know, you almost like, thank you, dad, for being a jerk to me because you helped me. You helped me make it out in this world. And I almost feel like that's what dads do. They're like, we're going to make you tough because you're, no matter what it is, when you're a girl, you're their daughter. And no matter what they your daddy's little girl in their mind like no matter what 
Yeah. It's funny because I have a daughter now and that's how my daughter is to, and I see that in with her dad. So, um, but I think that's awesome that you embraced that and you, and you, you didn't let that shut you down. You understood it. And instead of, cause a lot of women don't understand it. They make it a little more complicated than they should. And then they end up having the issue that he doesn't listen to me. He doesn't care. Yes, he does. He just doesn't know how to express his emotions. So, mm. um, but that's, um, that's, um, that is something that we have to, um, you know, embrace is the power of a good lesson and a bad lesson and put them all together and you can make it all good. So, you can take the um, learnings. And, and that's what I feel um, why men play such a big role in whether women are empowered or not, because it's that moment that they choose whether which energy to embrace. Um, um, what vision do you see in the next five to 10 years um, in the healthcare holistic field? Uh, what would you like to see changed with the way that women are um are going in this field is there anything significant i think for myself personally i would like to see society move from a point of illness to wellness so that we start to educate learn and and really prioritize um in the way that we educate and we speak, you know, even in the media and in schools and in and healthcare, that we have a focus of the word wellness as a focus to the word preventing illness, you know, because yeah. once people become ill, it's a long road to wellness. If we teach people wellness, then it's a long road to illness. So I'd very much like to see that turning point in society. And I would love to see, um, you know, the two sides of holistic, um, integrative and Western, Eastern and Western kind of combine much more because be in doing that, amazing. It's like taking the best bits of all um, different faiths and combining them to make you know, a faith that encompasses all. It's like taking all the best bits of health and wellness and combining them because science doesn't lie. And we all know that we can ignore science, but ignoring science is at the detriment to ourselves and the planet. So let's have a realistic and holistic view of science from a mental level and a physical level and a spiritual level and, and really start to kind of make that mainstream as opposed to the woo-woo stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I, I totally believe that too. And I really think when you're talking about... Um, I think if if the the practitioners out there, Eastern and Western medicine, if we would all just get together and try to solve, um, because unfortunately the mental health is a guessing game in America. People, um, because and I know this because I've been on the other side and I've literally heard them like red pill, blue pill. Eh, we'll pick out the red one, you know, because that's what they do. So. I, I think that that is very true. I wish everybody would just get together and start helping each other and know that mental health is a big thing. And it doesn't matter which road you decide to take to fix it. Just, you know, start encouraging it. Stop chopping down people because your belief is a little different than the guy next door. But in the end, you both believe in the same thing. So, mm -hmm. um, that is very true. I, w I wish that Eastern and Western medicine would get together and uh, that'd be awesome. So 
we'll wrap this up and then I'm going to go ahead and hear a poem from you. But uh, what advice can you give the group about how to not deny themselves of self-care and not to settle for anything less than their dreams? Oh, thank you. It's a wonderful question. And I really feel that we talked about accountability. And as humans and as individuals and as women, once we become accountable for all aspects of our life, we start to show up for ourselves in a much more empowered way with the choices that we make and, and, and what we allow in our heads and what we allow in our heart and what we allow in our body. And that's kind of really important. Um, for me, you know, it's not being afraid to fail. You know, we give ourselves permission to try and to fail. It's using our gifts to help others because we all have a gift. You know, you have a gift and we all need to use our gifts to help others. Sharing our passions and um, being grateful for air and water and safety and love and hope and wonder. And if we're grateful for those things, then, you know, the possibilities are endless. And knowing each day that you get out of bed today, my possibilities are endless. And if you go around life with that mindset as opposed to the mindset as, oh, I've got this to deal with and 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 I have to be here and here and here, you're, you're just going to go on this hamster wheel, you know. But if you get out of bed every day going, my possibilities are endless, then who knows what the heck is going to happen to you today? Anything can happen. So, you know, those are things. And when you're devoted to looking after yourself, everything else falls into place. And that's why step 12 is so important because it talks about that devotion to yourself and you know my book isn't a boot camp or it isn't a detox and it isn't you know you know 12 weeks to run five kilometers it isn't that it's a holistic overhaul because once you um, learn the 12 steps you then practice them and you embed them as part of your daily life and you use those 12 steps accumulatively on an ongoing basis and that's where you start to kind of have that unbreakable foundation and the things that we've talked about that's that's very true and you know on that point I remember in your book when because it was a, it's a very powerful book for me to you know listen to because it, it, it describes a lot of my life and um a lot of uh, the the whole i've been on my spiritual awakening like you know where i've been doing it every day for four years now so it really just like holy crap but when you um went to the point and you said you know what is this woo woo thing like you're you were hitting the like i am not doing all this new age crap like whatever but then you're like wait a minute there's something to it you know what i mean and it was just like I've been there and that's, it really made me tear up and it may sound silly, but I was like, I get it because there's a lot of people and a lot of clients out there that I see that are like, uh, spirits going around right now and kind of activating people. And I just wanted to point that out that that's what I loved that you could describe how your, your closed mindedness started and where you were at and everybody can relate to that and how gradually by working through these 12 steps you gradually got to where you are now and you know it just takes hard work and dedication and support that's the biggest thing if you're gonna do this you, it's like a diet you gotta have a support team Oh, can you come on the road with me? I love your testimony. <laughs> I will be, I will be your promoter. I love it. No, I, just, I know it's true. Um, it is very, very true. And you, my dear, are going to go far. And I love that you shared uh -huh. 
a piece of you with the world and um you're gonna change a lot of lives so and i uh if you guys um are able to go pick up her book if you need some help because this will this will totally get you on the track to not being a hot mess and feeling good about yourself so. <laughs> thank, thank you, you so, so much, much i got tears in my eyes from laughing and crying at the same time <laughs> yeah that's uh that's uh, old jesse here so um <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I love it. I'm so um, humbled that you came on here. And um, whenever you're ready, I would love to hear your poem. Thank you very much. So this poem is from step five and it's called Peace. There's a piece of me that craves some peace from me. All the thinking, all the blinking, a feeling that I'm sinking. The busyness, the craziness, the tiredness, the laziness, the expectations not met, all the feelings of regret, the jumpiness, the bossiness, trying to mind my own business, the overfunctioning desire to fix, to help, to inquire, to plan, to do, to make. It's all just one big mistake. I'm done. I need a break. I got my wake up call. It took a while, that's all, to find the missing piece which enabled stillness and peace. I found the key to a vault inside of me where all this noise was going on. Not helpful, but not wrong. I cleaned it up, dusted it out, told that negative self-talk to move on out. I'm, I got my peace. I got my quiet. For now, I've calmed the riot. I love it. I love it. I love your book. I love it. That's awesome. I, I know that... Um, that's what I like about this is that the self-help book has a little poem with it and it's, it's a different kind of book and I love it. I love your style and I wish you loads of success on your journey. Thank, Thank you so you. much. I can't wait to host you in Australia when you finally get here. Yes, I will be. I will. I, I am going to. Me and my uh, guy have been talking about it. I was like, you know, we do need to go to Australia sometime. <laughs> Um, in Germany, those are the two places I want to go in Greece. So, <laughs> no, no, three, I guess. So, but uh, thank you so much for being thank a part you. of this, and um, thank you everybody for tuning in. We'll be having uh, uh, we'll be having Sherry Gideon's and Misty Willis uh, to um next interview, interview number eight. This is interview number seven, Chrissy Regan from um, Townsville, Queensland, Australia. If you get a chance, go check out her book. It's Broken to Unbreakable, 12 Steps to, I'm sorry, I can't see the bottom, 12 Steps to, to an Unbreakable Mind, Body and Spirit. There you go. Thank you so much, Chrissy. And thank you so much for joining us today for Why Not Wednesday Empowerment Women's Series. Have a great day. Love and light, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.